Welcome to Harmony this morning. Would you stand up with us this morning? We have choices today. Choices to serve him or not. I want you to uh, think about where you are this morning and join with us as we worship this morning. Sing from the heart. I count on one thing. Same God that never fails will not fail me now. You won't fail me now in the waiting. The same God who's never late is working all things out. You're working all things out. Yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name. same God that never fails will not fail me now. You won't fail me now in the waiting. The same God who's never lays working all things out. You're working all things out. Yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name. Choose to pray. 
Good morning and welcome to Harmony. We are thrilled that you are here with us today. If you're in person, if you're online, we want to thank you for gathering with us uh, and, and coming out to celebrate Jesus and who he is and all that is taking place. No matter where you're at in life today, I want you to know uh, that there is hope. So whether you're on cloud nine or maybe you're on cloud 10 because nine just won't do, or you feel like uh, life is just kind of getting the best of you, I want you to know that uh, Jesus makes a way. Uh, and all we have to do is say, look, here, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say, yes, I will, to your way and to, to what you have uh, for me. And it's going to make a difference in your life. Well, we welcome you to Harmony. And if you're watching online, uh, we welcome you as well. If today is your first day with us, we want to thank you for gathering with us. Uh, and I want you to know that right now, We've got an incredible one-day VBS unfolding, and we're going to talk more about that in just a, a minute when our student uh, ministries pastor and next-gen pastor, AJ, comes. We're going to honor our graduates here in just a moment. Uh, but if you're visiting with us uh, today, and it's your first time, I want you to know there's lots of things going on uh, throughout the day, uh, and a great opportunity to learn more about Harmony, see some different things in action, and to be a part of uh, some things that are uh, taking place. And if you're online, uh, check a little bit later for pictures and different things that are uh, going to be posted from our one-day VBS and, and how we're uh, doing that and, and making that work today. If you're a guest, stop by the Connection Center before you leave today. Uh, we want the opportunity to learn more about you and, and learn how we can serve you uh, and, and maybe your family, whatever the situation might be. Well, today we've got a, a special guest with us, uh, not one that's a guest, uh, but uh, he's pretty special, uh, and we are glad to have Leon Manette here in our service. Uh, let's uh, welcome him back. He is uh, one of our leaders, and he has been away for a long time. Uh, and the prodigal has come home, all right? And I'm just kidding about the prodigal thing. He has been battling sickness, uh, and uh, he was on the ventilator for quite some time, and the Lord brought him through, and uh, we are thankful for that. And Leon uh, and Charlotte, it is good to have you in our service today. Thank you for being here with us. AJ, why don't you come on up, and uh, we're going to kind of shift gears at this time, honor some graduates, and uh, tell us a little bit about uh, VBS One Day before we sure. jump into the graduate. So VBS One Day just started. They're probably playing Hungry Hungry Hippos right now out on the concrete floor out there. Uh, one lays on a dolly, the other one pushes the feet, and they've got the basket and try and scoop as many balls out of the center. So they're having a great time out there right now. So after this service, we're going to be doing an entire property scavenger hunt, relay race, all that stuff. And we've got activities all throughout the afternoon. If you dropped your kids off, I can guarantee you two things. Number one, they're going to have fun. 
And then number two, they're going to be tired tonight, all right? They're gonna be tired. So we've got sunscreen, we've got plenty of water, we've got all that stuff going on. Lots of sugar. Lots of sugar, just yeah, so that, that and, we can and, keep them for a little bit and they crash when they get home. <laughs> You're welcome, by the way. But at the end of the night at six o'clock, when you come back to pick your kid up, we will have a taco truck and the Kona ice truck out there. So that is for you as families. If your kid is here for VBS, please bring your whole family back for that. Uh, that's on us. We just want you to spend some time hanging out as a family, and then they'll head out. Now, your kids will be wet because we will just play water wars at 5 o'clock because we make them tired, we get them wet, and we don't dry them. We send them home with you, all right? So they will be wet, but they'll be eating, and then we'll be done at 6 o'clock. You can pick them up whenever after that, uh, but make sure to enjoy the Kona ice truck and the taco truck as well. And we're going to talk about the students that are graduating here. We have students, you can see there's two uh, lonely gentlemen sitting over here right now because a lot of the other ones are over there helping out, all right? So we've got people everywhere that are helping out with VBS, a ton of volunteers. Uh, thank you for all those that are going to volunteer after today. It's just a, it's a fantastic thing to see it happening. But I'm gonna call Sean and Landon. If you guys would come up to the stage, Sean Oler and Landon Powell, they uh, graduated this year from high school. We have a total of five that have graduated. One graduated this last December, and then four graduated just a couple weeks ago, a week or two ago. But Landon and Sean are the ones that are here with us today. The other three could not be. But we want to honor them today. They have worked hard to get to where they're at, and I know they've got plans for the future, looking forward to what God's going to use them for. Both of these guys have been an incredible blessing to me. Both of them have been consistent in coming to youth group and being, not just coming, because a lot of people can just come and sit, right? But they've come and they've served, they've asked how they can be of help, they've helped either with computer or stacking chairs, helping set up with a game, whatever I've asked them to do, these two guys have been a huge help to me. So I'm gonna miss them, but this is an awesome step in their life that God is using them and going to continue to use them in the future. So I'm gonna ask that you guys give them a thunderous round of applause. For and then before we send them to the seat, can I get the mic for the speeches? I'm kidding. But before we send them to, the, to their seat, uh, I'm going to ask Pastor John if you wouldn't mind doing a dedicatory, a dedicatory prayer over these guys and how God's going to use them from here on out. Let's, let's pray. Father, we come to you and Lord, we thank you. Uh, for Sean and Landon. We thank you for the others that have uh, graduated this year, whether it's uh, high school, college, uh, whatever the situation might be. Uh, Father, we, we pray your greatest blessings upon them. And Lord, I ask that you would help them each and every day to, to hold true to the values that they've been taught, uh, the scripture, the truth that has been placed in, in their life. And Lord, I pray that you'll help them to live their life for you and that you'll do incredible things that only you can do in and through them. And Father, I ask that you would raise them up uh, to be men that follow you, that live for you, and change the world for your kingdom. For it's in Christ's name we ask it. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Amen. Let's give them one more round of applause. Congratulations. Congratulations. Let's all stand. We're going to continue to worship together. When I was graduating high school, my parents told me, don't fight battles that aren't yours. That's good advice, but it's a great song, so let's sing it. When all I 
I've really enjoyed going through Mark. This remarkable series is awesome. I love the vision of when the, the disciples and the apostles finally get it. They finally see the power that is in Jesus' name. They finally see the miracles that are so easy for him to do and that drives them to want to serve him more. And the power that is in Jesus' name is awesome. As we sing this song, think about these words. See how you feel about it. Shout your name, filling up the skies with endless praise. 
ask you a question this morning. What is one thing that you think Jesus might have that you could use in your life right now? One thing that you feel like is missing that maybe Jesus has that he could let you in on. Now, now the, the things that could come to mind are, are really kind of endless. Maybe you would say, look, I could use a little bit of hope right now. And, and I think that Jesus has hope. You might say, I, I feel like no matter where I go, there's a sense of being rejected. And, and I really could use some acceptance. Maybe right now life is a little rough for you and, and you would just say, look, we could use a, a sense of peace, a sense of calmness uh, on, on the inside, and it, on the inside emotionally, or, or maybe it's with, within the, uh, the home setting or, or in the work setting, you could use a, a little bit of peace. Maybe you, you would say, look, honestly, I've struggled with a lot of things in my life and right now I'm overwhelmed and I could use some aspects of, of forgiveness. How do I let go of the struggle that I'm hanging on to? How do I forgive the one who has, has hurt me? How can I forgive myself? You see, when we look at the, the life of, of Jesus, one of the things that makes his life so remarkable and, and so unique is he has everything that we need. He has everything and is everything that we could ever hope for or could ever want. And when we begin to look at the life of Christ, one of the things that we discover is that it's truly remarkable, but there's things that flow from his life that's exactly what you need and exactly what I need. So today we're asking ourselves this question, what does a follower of Jesus really need? What, what does a, a Christ follower need in their life that Jesus has. Because a lot of people might say, look, I would like some peace. I would like a little more uh, forgiveness. I, I would like some guidance. Maybe I'm really discouraged and I would like some encouragement. And then other people would say, look, I follow Christ. I know Jesus. So, so what does he really have that, that I need? Well, no matter who you are today, no matter where you're at in life, Jesus has something that you need, something that's practical, something that will make the difference in you and for you, and not only in you and for you, but in you and for you and for others around you. Let's take a look at Mark chapter 3. When we look at, at Mark chapter 3 and we just work our way down through some of the verses here, one of the things that we see in the first few chapters of, of Mark is, is this, Jesus is just going through and, and he's literally calling 
people to come to him in some very unique situations. Over and over, the scriptures record that multitudes of people are, are following him. They're making requests of him. They're kind of getting to know Jesus, and, 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 and they're seeing what he's all about. And the crowd just continues to grow, and continually he's calling somebody out, and he's saying, hey, why don't you come and, and follow me? And we see him do that with Andrew and, and Simon Peter. They, they leave their nets and they follow him. We see him do it with James and, and John. They, they leave the, the fishing business. They lay down their nets. They, they say goodbye to dad. They say goodbye to the other people that are a part of the team. And they said, look, we're trading this in and we're going to follow Jesus. And do you know what Jesus does in their life? Do you know what Jesus offers them? Jesus says, look, if you follow me, I'll make you. I'll make you more. That's, that's what he says. And today, many of us are looking for a greater purpose. And, and we think, look, if, if I follow Jesus, I'll get a, a little bit, but then I need to tack something else onto it. And here's the kicker that we've got to grab a hold of. Jesus says, when you follow me, I'll give you something that's not temporary. I'll give you something that lasts. I'll give you strength. I'll give you purpose. I'll give you things that you can only find in me. And Simon and Andrew and James and John begin to latch onto that. And they begin to follow Jesus. And, and they begin to not only be changed, but they become agents of change. Well, in Mark chapter 3, it kind of continues that Jesus shows up again in the synagogue. He, he's teaching He's, he's doing some things, and, and people are watching and waiting, and then they begin to follow. And in this passage of Scripture, we're going to see what Jesus says. Look, if you want to come and follow me, this is what I can do. But if you're going to come and follow me, this is what you, you need, because I've got a greater purpose for you. It says in verse number 1, Mark chapter 3, And he entered the synagogue again, and a man was there who had a withered hand. So they watched him closely, whether he would heal them on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. Get that. They're, they're not waiting and watching so that they can be a part of the celebration. They're, they're just waiting and watching so that they can make an, an accusation. It says, and he said to the man who had the withered hand, he said, step forward. Then he said to them, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life? Or to kill. But they, being the Pharisees, those that are watching, those that are waiting, they, they kept silent. It says in verse number five, and when he had looked around at them with anger, being grieved by the hardness of, of their hearts, he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored as whole as the others. Then the Pharisees went out and immediately plotted with the Herodians against him how they might destroy him. But Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the sea and a great multitude from Galilee followed him and from Judea and Jerusalem and Idumea and beyond the Jordan and those from Tyre and Sidon and, and a great multitude when they heard how many things he was doing came to him. So people are coming from all over the region. It says, so he told his disciples that a small boat should be kept ready for him because of the multitude, lest they should crush him. It's kind of amazing to stop and think. Jesus says, look, we need to think a little ahead. This crowd is, is, is kind of crushing. There's an overwhelming experience. We, we need to have a, a small boat ready 
so, so that he could move. It says, for he healed many, so that as many as had afflictions pressed about him to touch him, and the unclean spirits, whenever they saw him, fell down before him and cried out, saying, you are the son of God. But he sternly warned them that they should not make him known. Then he went up on the mountain and called him those called to him those he himself wanted, and they came to him. Then he appointed twelve that they might be with him, that he might send them out to preach and to have power to heal sickness and to cast out demons. Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James the son of Zebedee, and John the brother of James, to whom he gave the name Bonagerus, that is, the sons of thunder. Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him, and they went into a house. When we look at this story of Jesus, these verses, what we find is Jesus again enters the synagogue, and there's somebody in the synagogue that, that has a need, somebody that, that's uh, suffering and, and has a need, and, and Jesus does some absolutely incredible things, and, and he's going to take care of that need, and we'll look at that in just a moment. And then we have another crowd that's sitting there, and they're, they're watching and waiting, and they're, they're getting ready to make an accusation. And then we see Jesus just kind of go on through, and, and other people are coming, and, and the crowd is growing and then he gets the 12 and, and he begins to, to call them to himself and, and the Bible says that he calls out Peter and Matthew. Matthew, a former tax collector who, who according to the New Living Translation, what was looked at as scum of the earth. In fact, they, they came and, and, and they asked some of the disciples of Jesus, why does your leader eat with scum of the earth? Like that, But Jesus invites Matthew to follow him. And here again in this passage of scripture, it's confirmed that Matthew is there. And Jesus says, no, you know what? I, I want you to come and follow me. I want you to be a part of, of what I'm doing. And he said, I want you to come to me so that you can go do something with me and for me. You see, sometimes we think that following Christ is, is all about coming to him. But Jesus said, look, I want you to come and get close to me so that you can go with me. I want you to come and learn who I am so that you can go out and live for me. Jesus literally said, look, I want you to come to me so that you can go and preach. Now, a lot of people today would say, look, if I have to go and preach to be a Christ follower, that's not for me. That, that's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus isn't saying, hey, you have to go out and get a church and stand up and preach a message uh, once a week or three times a week or, or whatever it is. Jesus is saying, look, when you come to me, I want you to let people know who I am and, and what I can do in their life. Because there's people that are just like you and I are. They're hurting. They're looking for answers. They want hope. They need forgiveness. They're looking for a solution to the problems of their life. And Jesus is saying, Peter and James and Andrew and Bartholomew and Thaddeus, look, I want you guys to know that I've called you to, to come to me because there's people out there just like you and they need to know that there is hope. And here's what we discover in this story. All along, you're going to see people who had an opportunity to do something that Jesus did, yet they, they chose not to. You see, what does a Christ follower need? If I'm going to follow Christ, what, what do I need? One of the first things that we see in this passage of Scripture, if I'm going to follow Christ, it says, and he entered the synagogue again, and a man was there 
who had a withered hand. So they, they watched him closely. They watched Jesus closely. They noticed that somebody's there that's got a withered hand. They noticed that somebody's there that's got a hurt. They noticed that somebody is there that, that has a struggle, yet they watched Jesus and they watched the man. They're watching and they're, they're waiting, but, but that's, that's it. I wonder how many times there are people around us that are hurting people around us that are struggling and we know that they're struggling we know that they're hurting yet we just kind of let them sit there we, we just kind of let them continue wh where where they are and we say man we're not going to get involved in that scenario we're not going to get involved in in that situation we're just going to watch and wait and and we're going to see what somebody else does and then if they don't do what we think they should have done we, we might get a little accusatory or, or we might say, look, it could have been done this way, or it could have been done that way. Why didn't it get, get handled like, like this? That, that's, that's where they're at. But, but if you're going to be a Christ follower and become more like Christ, if I'm going to be a Christ follower and be more like Jesus, then, then here's something that, that I have to do and, and you have to do that we have to do. What does Jesus have that, that we need? In this passage of Scripture, Jesus had the courage to notice the courage to notice, what, what does that mean? He noticed the man with a, a withered hand. And he didn't turn a, a blind eye. That, that need what was there and it was present. He had the, the courage to notice the man in need, but he had courage in the face of critics while they watched and waited. I wonder how many times we might meet a need or do something for somebody but we're more worried about what those around us will think of us rather than meeting the need. You see, this story is, is much deeper than, than what it appears on, on the surface. Because when, when, we, when we look at what's happening, this man has come to the synagogue. He's come to a, a place where the word of God is given. He's come to a place where, where people are, are supposed to be gathering to worship, and, and his hand is withered. And tradition, through other extra-biblical literature and other literature that lines up with other passages of Scripture where this unfolds, we learn that most likely this man was a stonemason. We don't have to be very smart to figure out if you're going to be a stonemason, it's good to have two hands, right? I mean, that, that, that's just, that's how he, he makes his living. That, that's, that's what he does. He's going to take a piece of stone, he's going to shape it, he's going to put it in place, and he's going to put the, the mortar and the different things around it, the, the mud, and he's going to say, look, this is where this goes. He needs those hands to make a living. He needs those hands to, to do what he does. And all the while, there, there's people around that maybe could have offered a gift of an alm. There's people around that maybe could have said, look, could I pray for you? There's people around that could have said, is there anything I could do to lighten your load? And, and here's what they did. They did nothing. They watched and they waited did you know right now that our world is, is filled with hurting people? Filled with, with hurting people. People that are, are struggling. People that are searching for a, a way out. People that are, are looking for an answer. People that are battling sickness and, and they're wondering, you know what, how am I going to do the simple things in life like get to the grocery store? 
to, to, to pick up my order if I, I placed it? How am I going to take care of, of the, the lawn? How, how am I going to cut my, my grass and, and do the things that, that need to be done? How am I going to make sure that, that my kids get, get to, to where they need to be? Because honestly, treatments and everything else are overwhelming and, and I have no energy and I, I have no strength and I don't have the, the wherewithal to, to handle some of these things. We could go through and, and lay out so many scenarios and so many real-life examples, here's what's taking place. There's a need, and there's a, a group of people that have gathered, and, and no one is doing anything. The Bible says they're watching, and they're waiting. Yet Jesus has the courage to notice the need. Let me, let me ask you something today. Do you have the courage to, to notice people in need and then to respond? I think sometimes when, when we see a need and it makes us uncomfortable, we're quick to, to turn away. Anybody ever done that before? You're quick to, to turn away? You're riding down the road. You pull up to, to that exit transition, that intersection, whatever it might be, and there's the person okay, that, that's holding up a sign and, and it says, hungry, we'll work for food. And, and in your mind, you're going, you're not, you're not willing to work for food because if you would work for food, you'd already be working. Or that, that one that, that comes up and has that sign and somebody else is, is with you. And in order to avoid eye contact with them, you start a conversation with the person that's there and you, you look at, at them and then you have a conversation and you hurry up and get through the light so that you don't have to, to look at that individual in need. And some of you are saying right, right now, John, a lot of those people make more money than I do because they show up and people give money. I get all of those things. This is an example that's real life where we've all been, where we've deliberately tried not to look at somebody in need. And I wonder how many times when we come into worship, there are people that are hurting, there are people that are struggling. When we go out to the workplace, people that have overwhelming needs in their life, yet we try not to notice because we know when we notice, something will be required of us. And it's easier not to notice than to notice and run the risk of Jesus saying, look, you really ought to help them out. You really ought to pray with them. You really ought to pray for them. When we look at, at, at Jesus in this example, Jesus says, look, if you're going to follow me, here's one of the things that we need to do. We need to have the courage to, to notice the need in the life of another and then be willing to respond. Be willing to respond. When we, when we look at, at Jesus Jesus has the courage and we need the courage. We need the courage to notice the need and respond. We need the courage to be willing to follow him. Why? Because he gave everything for us. Today, some are undoubtedly struggling in life and they're saying, why is my life a mess? And sometimes our, our, our life is a mess because we've never trusted Christ. We've never put our faith and hope and, and trust in him. We've never come to the place where we've said, look, my life is a mess because of me. 
My life is a mess because I'm a sinner and I need the courage to, to ask Jesus to, to forgive me of my sin and to be my savior. And the moment we, we take that step of courage, we take that step of faith and we say, I'm wrong, Jesus, you're right, our life begins to change when we trust him. But it continues to change when we let that courage grow in our life and notice the needs in the life of other people and how we can make a difference because here's the next thing that Jesus does Jesus notices the need but Jesus has the compassion to speak the compassion to speak when we take a look at the crowd that's gathered it says they watched him closely whether he would heal him on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him and he said to the man who had the withered hand step forward then he said to them is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil to save a life or to kill but they kept silent there was the compassion to speak Jesus had the compassion to speak to the man when everybody else was watching Jesus had the compassion to, to speak to the man when, when there was a need and all eyes were, were on it. Jesus had the, the compassion to, to speak to a man when everybody else was, was silent. But there's, there's something that Jesus does when, when he speaks, and, and we need to, to, to pick this up. It's subtle, yet it's very powerful and very practical, and, and it's this. Jesus speaks words that called him forward. I want you to remember this in, in life. Jesus is always gonna speak words that will call you forward. He might speak words that, that bring conviction. He, he, he might speak words that, that maybe are uncomfortable, but Jesus always wants to take you to the next step in life. He, he does not want to beat you down. He does not want to take you back. He does not want to beat up on you and, and cause you to regress in your faith. Jesus speaks words that will move us forward in our faith. And it's important for us to remember that because honestly, a lot of times we're, we're guilty of speaking words that, that don't move people closer to Jesus. We're guilty of speaking words that don't move people closer to, to living out their faith and, and being what Jesus has called us to be and, and what he wants us to be. So when we look at, at this conversation in this setting, we see that Jesus has the courage to notice, but Jesus also has the courage to have some compassion, to speak to the need, and to call that man forward. He says, step forward. When, when he said, step forward, he, he was saying, I, I want you to trust me enough to listen to my voice. I want you to trust me enough to, to come a little bit closer to me. And today, right now, we need the courage to trust him to come a little bit closer, but we also need the compassion to speak to those that are around us. So we just kind of ask ourselves a question, where are my words taking people? Right now, where are your words taking your children? Where are your words taking your grandchildren? Where are your words taking your spouse? Where are your words taking your neighbors? Where, where are your words taking your coworkers? Jesus said, look, I want you to step forward. I want you to come closer to me. And then, then you're going to notice that Jesus has the compassion, not only to speak, but the compassion to, to heal. He said, stretch out your hand, and, and the Bible says his hand was made whole. 
There's only, there's only two sides in this. You got Jesus having compassion to speak. His words of compassion, his words of action. Or the Pharisees' silence in, in their critical plot of destruction. Because the Bible says that after they saw that, they went out and they said, wow, we can't take this anymore. They went out to see how they might destroy him. Isn't it amazing? People that knew about him didn't have the courage to, to speak compassion to someone in need. The people that knew about him did, didn't have the courage to even notice the need to a point where they would, would get involved. You see, compassion says, I'm going to move beyond just noticing. I'm going to get involved. Compassion says, I, I, I'm going to move beyond an awareness and I'm going to do something about it. Today, I, I wonder what need we could get involved in, what need we could notice if we just had a little more courage like Jesus and, and then we could notice the need, but then we could speak words of compassion, words that would bring healing because that's what Jesus did. He said, step forward. Then he said, reach out your hand, stretch out your hand. And that man's life was, was changed. Words of compassion that came from courage to notice. But when we look a little bit further and we work our way down through here, Jesus was living a life of, of pressure for certain. It says, but when Jesus withdrew his disciples to the sea, a great multitude from Galilee followed him and from Judea. It says, and Jerusalem and all the, the cities that, that were around and, and people were coming because they're hearing how many great things he had done. It, it says this, in verse number nine, so he told his disciples that a small boat should be kept ready for him because of the multitude, lest they should crush him. You know, sometimes life gets, gets overwhelming. And, and what was Jesus saying? Jesus was saying, look, there, there's a small boat that needs to be uh, ready because the crowds are crushing. And, and, and what's Jesus tell us in this? Let, let's just kind of read between the lines and, and let's take a, a look at it. I think Jesus had something that, that we need, and, and it's this, the crowds that compel us to him. What, what's the, the crowd that compels us to him? The, the, the crowd that, that causes us to take a step out and, and spend some time with him. Do you know what Jesus was saying? Jesus was saying, in order to, to be a person of courage and, and in order to be a person of compassion, when the crowds are crushing us, Here's what we have to do. We have to let the crowds compel us to go to Jesus, not be overwhelmed with the struggles and the demands of life. You see, the, the crowds represent the demands, the burdens of life. And sometimes we let the, the demands or the burdens of life pull us away from Jesus. We let those things suck the, the energy out of life and suck the strength out of life. Yet here's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, look, sometimes we need to be able to get away and go to the other side and be alone with the Father. In Luke chapter 6 and verse number 12, it says this, now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. And when it, and when it was day, he called his disciples to himself. Do you know what that, that passage of scripture tells us? It tells us that Jesus went apart so he didn't come apart. And sometimes in our life, 
We think that we can just have courage and we can have compassion. And when life gets a little bit overwhelming, it's really not that big of a deal. When the, the pressure is on and, and things are, are, are kind of squeezing us in life, here's what we understand that Jesus did that we need to do. We need to take a page out of his book and say, okay, there's times where I need to come apart and be with him or I'm literally going to come apart. Anybody ever been there before? I mean, you just feel like life is, is overwhelming. If one of the things coming out of the, the pandemic and, and people going and, and doing things and resuming schedules, people are discovering how busy they used to be, how busy they weren't, and now it's overwhelming. Because there was such a long time where there wasn't much to do. And, and they're saying, look, th this is crushing to me. You see, pressure does a lot of things in our life. And, and, and if we'll allow it in the right way, pressure will, will kind of bring out more of what Jesus wants in us. I mean, keep in mind that a, that a diamond was a lump of coal under pressure. It, it's how you deal with the pressure and the demands. And over and over and over, you're gonna find Jesus with crowds but you're also going to find him letting that crowd compel him to go spend time with the Father. And if we want more courage in our life and we want more compassion in our life, then here's what we need to do. We need to, to be saying, look, Jesus, there, there's such a great need around me. There's such a great need in my life and people need more of you. So rather than the demands of life taking me away from you, I want to let the demands of life drive me to you so that I can have the courage, so that I can have the compassion, so that I can be more of what you want me to be. As we move a, a little bit further in, in this passage, it says, and he went up on the mountain and he called to him those he himself wanted and they came to him. Let, let's read down through here again. It says, then he appointed the 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach. He said, I want you to come to me so that you can go for me and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out demons. Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter. He was a common ordinary fisherman. James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, who he gave the name Sons of Thunder. It means they were rough characters. We, we look and we see Andrew, who was Peter's brother. We see Philip, who, who what we know about him is, is Jesus walked by and saw him one day and, and, and they had a little conversation and Jesus is like, well, if you think that's amazing, you should come and follow me. And, and Philip took him up on it and, and he did. We, we see Bartholomew. Most of us don't have any Bartholomew stories, right? I mean, I, I, can, I can think back. In, in all the years I went to Sunday school and the little flannograph thing that, that they would come in and, and put the stories up, Bartholomew may have been one of the 12 pictured in, but there's no story that stands out about Bartholomew in, in my mind. Or, or James, the son of Altheus, or, or Thaddeus, or Simon, the, the Can Canaanite. We, we look down through there. We can think of a story about Peter and, and maybe Judas, but, but Jesus just calls these people and he says, look, I want you to come unto me. They were ordinary people that Jesus calls to him. And when we look at what Jesus does, 
Jesus calls 12 ordinary men to an extraordinary message. And this is the call that empowers. You see, what does Jesus have that we need? He had the courage to notice. He had the compassion to speak. He had the crowds that, that compelled him to go spend time with the Father. But he had the call that empowers. He said, Here, here's, here's what I want you to do. He said, I, I want you to come to me so that I can send you out. And I can send you out with power and help for those that are in need. Think about that for just a moment. Jesus says, look, I want to take ordinary people. I'm going to give them an extraordinary message. And here's what I, I want you to do. I want you to go out and make a difference in somebody else's life. And, and here's the, the reality. This call that he gave in Mark chapter 3 is alive and well today because he gave that call to everyone who would follow him in the Great Commission. He said, I want you to go and I want you to teach and I want you to preach and I want you to share who I am and what I have done. Think about this for just a moment. There are people around you that have a need. Do we have the courage to notice? Do we have the compassion to speak? Are we willing to let that need drive us to spend time with the Father so that we can demonstrate the call that empowers? The call that causes us to come to him so that we might share something with people around us. The call that empowers us to come close to Jesus so that we can learn more about him so that we can go out and tell others who he is. Because that's what Jesus intended. What does a Christ follower need? What does every person need, whether they're a Christ follower or not? We need the courage to trust Jesus. To come to him and say, look, my life is not perfect and, and I want to trust you. Here's the, the reality. He didn't turn Matthew away. Matthew was considered scum of the earth. Peter would make a mess of his life on a regular basis. Judas would, would betray him. But Jesus gave every one of them the opportunity to come to him. And all they had to do is all you have to do. And that's to come by faith. It's not be perfect it's not try and get your life together and then get around to him sometime. It's the courage to say, okay, I'm not everything that I should be. I know that something is missing in my life. I know that sin is real and I've blown it and I need someone to forgive me of my sin and I need someone to be my savior. And, and Jesus, I'm trusting you to do that. We need that courage. But once we do that, once we've trusted him, as our Savior, we need the courage to notice the need around us. We need the, the compassion to speak. Words that will call people forward in their faith as Jesus did. We need to let the crowd, the pressure, the burden, whatever it might be, instead of it pulling us apart, we need to let it drive us closer to spending time, to, to get away from that burden to take it to the Father and, 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 and to, to be willing to say, look, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go and spend time with you. But we've got that call that empowers. The question is this, what will we do with it? Because just as he said, Bartholomew, Thaddeus, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, the Canaanite, the, the, the names that we often don't remember 
the names that don't get recorded in most books of the Bible, but they were there, they were invited, they got the call. We, we need that call that empowers so that we go and live our life for him so that we notice, so that we speak words of compassion, so that we come back to him and spend time with him so that we can go with the call. He said, I want you to come to me so that you can go for me. And today, today our question is this, do I have the courage to notice? Am I speaking words of compassion? Do I have the compassion to speak words that bring them? Am I letting the pressures of life bring me closer to Jesus? What am I doing with the call? Because he called them to himself. And he said, I want you to come to me. Now that you've come to me, I want you to go for me. What am I doing with that call? Would you pray with me? In just a moment, right where you are, I'm going to lead you in a, a simple prayer. And I want to pray with you and pray for you. And today, whatever might be going on in, in your life, whatever might be taking place, whatever you might need help, direction, guidance with, we want to help you with that. And today, if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, but you'd like to know more about doing that, Jesus has done everything that needs to be done. And here's the reality. He came to this earth to live a perfect life because we're not perfect. And he lived that perfect life and he went to the cross to pay the penalty for your sin and for my sin because we're sinners. He was buried and on the third day he rose again. He did something for you and for me that we couldn't do for ourselves. And when it comes to salvation and it comes to that forgiveness, he's done everything that needs to be done. So today, if you've never trusted Christ as your savior, but you'd like to do that right now, all you need to do is pray a simple prayer. And it's not the prayer that, that brings forgiveness and salvation. It's your belief, it's your faith, it's your trust in him and calling out to him. The Bible says with our heart we believe, but with our mouth confession is made. So that just means we, we believe in our heart, so we ask Jesus, would you forgive me of my sins? Would you be my savior? Today, if you've never done that, right here, right now, just pray a simple prayer that says something like this. Dear Jesus, I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins, and I'm asking you to be my savior. I know that I'm a sinner, and the best I know how, I'm trusting you to be my savior. I'm trusting you to forgive me. So please forgive me, please save me, and help me to live my life for you. You pray a simple prayer like that, his word says that he will save you. Maybe you're here today and you'd say, John, I already know Christ is my savior, but quite honestly, I need the courage to notice some of the needs that are around me because quite honestly, sometimes when a need arises, I, I tend to, to try not to see it so that I don't have to speak so that I can remain silent. Maybe you would say, I noticed the need, but I, I, I want some compassion to speak to that need, to speak words that call them forward in their faith, words that'll help them to flourish for Jesus.
maybe that's you, maybe today you would ask God to, to help you with that. Maybe the, the pressures of life are overwhelming right now and you just need to be reminded that even Jesus had some time where, where the pressures were there and he said, look, the crowds are crushing. We, we need some time where we can go and, and get away and, and spend time alone with the Father and let him fill us with courage and compassion again so that we can carry out his call the call to come to him, the call to go for him. Maybe today you, you would say, John, I know that I need to be doing more with the call of being a Christ follower because he called, he calls all of us to follow him. And when we accept that call, he wants us to go for him. And, and maybe today you would say, look, I need that call that empowers in me. I need to know that I need to be living my life for him, sharing my faith at work, sharing my faith at home, in the neighborhood, wherever it might be, at school, Maybe today you would say, that's my prayer. Whatever your prayer might be, I want you to make your prayer known to the Lord now as I lead us in prayer today. Father, we come to you today and we thank you for who you are. Lord, we ask you for your help. We ask you for your strength. Father, if there's one here today that doesn't know you as Savior, I pray that you would help them to pray that prayer that I, I just prayed a moment ago, just to call out to you and ask for hope and forgiveness and salvation that's, that's found in you. And Lord, for all those that are here today, those that are watching online, listening, Lord, I ask that you would give us the courage. I ask that you would give us the compassion. Lord, help us to come aside with you and to spend time with you. And Lord, help us to come unto you and to go out for you, to be sent out, because that's what you're doing. Father, so many times we, we measure things in life by, by things that might be good measurements in our mind, but, but Lord, they're, they're not. Lord, help us to look and ask ourselves if we have the courage to notice a need and see how many needs we're noticing and to measure our faith by that. Lord, help us to examine our compassion, words of compassion. Lord, help us to, to ask if our words are calling those we love those we come in contact with forward in their faith and to measure our life by that. Father, help us to measure our life by the time we spend with you, by, by the willingness to be sent by you. Lord, I ask that you work in our hearts and our lives in a way that only you can. And God, that you give us guidance and direction. And we praise you and thank you for everything that you do. For it's in Christ's name we ask it. Amen. Thank you for being a part of Harmony at Home and allowing us to share hope with you. You know, when we think about the love of Jesus, it's absolutely amazing to stop and realize that he gave his life for you and for me. And all we have to do is simply put our faith and trust in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And that changes us for all eternity. Today, if you've never invited Jesus to forgive you of your sins and to be your personal savior, I want to encourage you to do that right now. It's as simple as admitting that your life is not perfect, admitting that you've sinned, that you've missed God's mark of perfection, and putting your faith and trust in his son, Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus is God's love in action, and he demonstrated his love for you and for me by going to the cross, by 
being buried and by rising again on the third day. And today, if you'd like to invite him to forgive you of your sins and to be your savior, I would encourage you right where you are just to simply say, Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins and to be my savior. And he will do it. If you've made that decision today, please let us know. Please reach out to us. We would love the opportunity to help you learn more about who Jesus is and the incredible plan that he has for your life. If you are a part of the Harmony family, uh, you're part of our Harmony uh, online community and our online campus, I want to thank you for joining us as well. And I want to invite you to start regathering with us in person if you would like to do so. But please remember, we're keeping everything online as well, so you're not going to miss out uh, on our Sunday morning experience and the other things that we've been doing through the week. We're going to continue to offer those and to continue to meet a need in your life. And if you would like to help us continue uh, to serve our community and, and literally the world, uh, we would encourage you to hop on over to harmonyofavon.com forward slash give, and you'll be able to help us continue the ministry and to make a difference, not only here locally, but globally as well. Thank you for being a part of Harmony at Home, and I pray uh, for God's greatest blessings in your life, and I hope that you'll continue to stay connected to us throughout the week. You have a great day.